This is another great episode. I love when we bring on entrepreneurs. We pivot a little bit. We bring on Kevin Rocco, who is the former CEO of Biores. Uh, his company just got purchased for $85 million by ConMed. Uh, it's a scaffold uh, that has both strength as well as biology. Uh, it's a super cool new implant that can be used for rotator cuffs, for ACLs, uh, for ligament injuries as well. And it really helps the body to sort of heal in a very unique way. What's great about this story is that we talk about how a 29-year-old gentleman took a company from the beginning to the age of 35 and selling it for upwards as much as $200 million to ConMed. It's a wonderful entrepreneurial story. It gives great credit to the team that he has around him. He talks about his, his successes as well as his failures. It's a great story. It's a classic entrepreneurial story. You're going to love it. Hashtag follow the fro. This episode of the Ortho Show podcast is brought to you by Trackable Med. You work like crazy, but you make less every year. You feel busy, but it's not with the procedures you want. The problem is you rely on referrals, which are out of your control. Maybe you've tried advertising, maybe a new website, but there are always questions. Is it working? Am I wasting money? How can you get more of the patients you want on purpose? Trackable Med. Trackable Med was born out of a frustration with an advertising industry riddled with a lack of accountability to actual outcomes. With Trackable Med, it's all about the results defined as something you can deposit into a bank account. Results are achieved through an approach rooted in neuroscience, advertising, web design, and even appointment setting patient engagement solutions. Everything is designed with purpose towards your goal and all with no contracts. Find out if accelerating patient demand for your practice with Trackable Med is a good fit for you. Visit trackablemed.com and click on free consultation. From Medical Media, this is The Author Show. Hello, world. It's your favorite opioid-sparing orthopedic surgeon here for another episode of the OrthoShow podcast, where everybody knows we bring you the best of the best in orthopedics. And uh, we're bringing back one of our success stories today from PitchPro in particular. He's our baby boy. He's now graduated, and he's all grown up, and we're so happy to have him on. This is Kevin Rocco, who is now the vice president of, of the Bioinductive Technologies of ConMed, who is the former CEO of Biores. So it's not very often that we have somebody that's been demoted in their titles that we bring on as their career progresses. But uh, Kevin, you're a good friend. We really are very pleased to have you on. We want to hear the story of Biores and entrepreneurship. And it's just a pleasure to have you on. Thank you so much for having me. It's my pleasure. So let's start a little bit. I think that you're born and bred in Connecticut, if I'm not mistaken. I am a Connecticut guy. I have been here my entire life, although, as you know, uh, mostly I travel outside of Connecticut. So on paper, a lot of Connecticut. Grew up Connecticut, uh, undergrad Connecticut, University of Connecticut, graduate, Yale, uh, BioRes, still in Connecticut. All right. So we're going to talk about all of that. Now, uh, you know, we'll, we'll talk about the Honda, too. I want to see if you got a new car or not. But so you're a, Conne <laughs> you're a Connecticut guy. Uh, and just so that everybody sort of give everybody a heads up again, if you recall, 
the main reason that BioRes got FDA approval was because you came on the Pitch Pro show. I think you probably had a little something to do with that too. But you know, in all seriousness, we had you on. Uh, you know, post pandemic, I think it was like in April of of twenty twenty one, actually. And you did an amazing job. You came on. It was me, Joe Mullings, Matthew Ray Scott, Vindasa. And you just came in by yourself. Everybody else had their, their partners, the CFOs, and all these other things. You just came. You came to the gunfight with your, your knife, and you came by yourself, and you kicked ass and took numbers. And we thought you did an amazing job. So, so again, so you're, you're, you're sort of in this company called BioRes. Bio and let's tell the story of that. So... You're, you're a biomedical engineer at UConn. That was early on in life, that that was something you wanted to do? Yeah, I actually thought about being uh, being a doctor. My mom's an ophthalmologist, uh, kind of grew up uh, around that. And uh, I decided I didn't want to differentiate. So biomedical engineering was I think, the easiest way to do that because you kind of have to take a bit of everything. You don't really learn anything very deep, you just sort of have to take it all. Uh, so really, I was just procrastinating on what I wanted to do when I grew up. Uh, thought about medical school, but I found medical devices as a real interesting uh, outcome coming out of that combination of, you know, helping patients indirectly, but also applying science. And that was pretty exciting. That's, it is a really cool area, right? I mean, uh, you know, doctoring, you know, I always say when the medical students or people come through, I'm like, look, if you want to be a doctor, you know, you better like people, right? Because we're fixing people. There's a lot of stuff that can happen behind the scenes, though, that allow you know, doctors to be able to do the, the ultimate, you know, healing that we do. And so the idea of this, you know, biomedical engineering and development of medical device, I think is super important. And the engineers and surgeons always have to work well. So, so you're, you decide you're just stuck in Connecticut for some reason, you can't get out. So you decide to go to this other okay school, Yale to, to get your master's uh, in biomedical engineering and tell us, was that, was that an, uh, a worthwhile experience for you? Yeah, so there, there was one stop along the way for what it's worth. Uh, I left UConn as an undergrad and I got a job in new technology development at Covidian, formerly U.S. Surgical, uh, now Medtronic in North Haven, Connecticut. So that's when I actually relocated to New Haven right out of college. I said, this is great. Uh, I don't have to do any more school. I'm just going to be a medical device engineer the rest of my career. We're going to make cool stuff. It's going to be exciting. Uh, and about, I don't know, six months, 12 months into that process, I was doing a lot of research and I found out that in New Haven at Yale, there were two surgeons at the Yale School of Medicine working on a regenerative vascular graft. This was a scaffold you could preload with a patient's autologous cells, uh, implant it, and it would regenerate into new blood vessel. And typically when you read a paper like that, they're doing it in maybe in mice or in large animals. And this was already a clinical study and they had imaging showing it was working. So it was very clear to me that tissue engineering and regenerative medicine was going to be the future. Uh, I joked with people that I couldn't go back to making suture or hernia mesh. I had to go do that. And uh, I went and met with the, met with the surgeons. They were kind enough to take a meeting. Uh, I was living about a mile from them at the time. So I found it unbelievable that they're right in my backyard. Uh, super nice guys. This is Chris Brewer and Toshi Shinoka. They're now at, out at uh, Nationwide Children's Hospital, an amazing research program. You guys can take a look at that. And uh, they said, this is great, Kevin. We'd love to have you kind of come to Yale. And I said, hang on a second. I just want to, I want to work with you guys. Uh, and they encouraged me to apply to Yale. So that's when I decided to go to grad school. All right. So let's back up the bean footage for a second here. So the only way you were going to do any kind of research was with people that lived in Connecticut about a mile away from you. And basically that's how you found this regenerative patch. 
Yeah, I don't like driving, so it, it's convenient <laughs> if they're very close. So you looked at all of the potential literature within a 50-mile radius of where you live, which is highly unusual, and you found yourself <laughs> research that you could do at Yale for a graduate degree. I think that's awesome. All right, so, but no, but seriously, I mean, let's go, let's go backwards here a little bit because it's not every day that, you know, you say, okay, this biomechanical engineering scaffold patch or whatever is something that I want to do. So what was it, what specifically drew you to that where you said, this is now something I'm really going to focus on? I remember, honestly, I remember, it sounds nerdy. I mean, I remember the day that I wrote, read a paper by that group. I remember where I was sitting and it, and it just hit me over the head like a ton of bricks because I, and I've heard people talk about the internet this way, like when they were kind of at the cutting edge of the internet, pre-internet, um, it just becomes obvious if you're in that field already, that this is the next big thing. And I didn't know how to apply it, but I knew I had to be involved. This was sort of the, I felt like this was going to be the internet of the kind of 2010 decade. So you're the godfather of regenerative medicine, like Ira Kirschenbaum is the no. godfather of the internet. No, I'm just kidding. But no, let's think. Let's think about this on the timeline here. I think this is important. Sure. So, so was soft tissue regeneration born out of that, or did it already exist when you went to Yale to get your master's? Yeah, sort of unbeknownst to me, soft tissue regeneration uh, already existed. It was very, very small at the time, and it was going along through its own development program. And I didn't link up with soft tissue regeneration until after Yale. A recruiter uh, approached me. They said, hey, you're publishing lots of papers in regenerative medicine. This is great. you got to work with this startup that I have. I have a job for you. Um, and they said, it's in orthopedics. And I said, well, I know a lot about scaffolds, but I don't know anything about orthopedics. I literally, when I joined the company, I couldn't tell a left knee from a right knee on an x-ray. So No so idea. Sorry. So the two surgeons then, let's go backwards again. I want to make sure, sure. we get this right for the listeners. They were not orthopedic <laughs> surgeons. What, what type of surgeons were they? So the surgeons at Yale were, um, uh, one was a, a pediatric general surgeon and the other is a pediatric uh, uh, cardiothoracic surgeon. All right. So these guys understand the concept of potentially using a biologic scaffold, maybe to for heart valves or for hernia repairs or Absolutely. Whatever, whatever it may be. And, uh, and then you, you tie on with them and you're writing some awesome papers, I'm assuming. You got some good literature out of it. And that just so happens, again, because you can't take a job anywhere other than Connecticut, there's a soft tissue regeneration company called Soft Tissue Regeneration that, that basically does a headhunter thing. They find you and you decide to go to work for them. Yeah, it seems like I can't escape New Haven. It's uh, I love New Haven, but it was it was shot when I asked the recruiter. I said, "Well, where is this company located?" They said, "New Haven." I said, "You must be joking. There's no way." It's There's all no because way. of Archie Moore's chicken wings. That's the only reason that you stuck around for, for oh, those man. Archie Moore's. Those are awesome, by the way. Um, all right, so again, this is pretty cool. So you 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 start working with these guys now. This is 2014 now. And Rotation Medical is just getting kicking at that point. Yep. And were you aware of on the periphery with Rotation Medical? Because it's a different sort of bio, you know, implant, but it is bovine collagen. Was, was that on your radar? Yeah. So I think the first academy I went to was, was 2014. Uh, somebody have to fact check me. It might have been in New Orleans. And I walked 
booth by booth through the entire double AOS that first time I went. And I think it took me like a day and a half to actually go booth by booth. And I, and I believe I first came across rotation medical because I saw their booth and it was, and it was interesting. I, I kind of made notes on what are all the scaffolds in the space, whether they're a cellular dermal matrix, whether they're biologic, whether they're synthetic. And so I was starting to look at what else is out there, but soft tissue regeneration at the time had already developed its own bet on what its scaffold was. So that was really only a curiosity. It, it really wasn't for inspiration for what we were doing as a company. And, and was soft tissue regeneration at that time looking at exactly what sort of the infancy of what BioBrace is now, or was there a transition? Yeah, there was a big transition. Uh, there was a pivot, and then there was another pivot if we want to get into it. But what soft tissue regeneration was focused on was a three-dimensionally braided uh, PLLA scaffold. It was like a little rope uh, that could replace the tissue graft and ACL reconstruction altogether. So no tissue graft, no autograft, no allograft. Just take this thing off the shelf, pop it open, replace the ACL. All right. So let's talk about this for the listeners. Judy's listening. So this is a sure. synthetic. This is a synthetic material that's sort of woven, yes. made, and then it's sort of braided together, and you can then use it compared to. For example, the the rotation medical, which is now the Regenitin, which has got bovine collagen. And then we'll talk a little bit more about biobrace, sure. which is sort of a combination of the two. Uh, so this is interesting because 2014, I don't know, we're gonna have, we have to do the fact checker here again, but I think I put my first rotation medical patch in in the seventh person in the United States of America in 2014. So, you know, Meshuggah David Hook calls me up and he says, Siggy, I've got this bovine implant thing that we're doing, and uh, I'd really like you to use it. And I said, you want me to take a piece of dead cow and stick it into somebody's <laughs> shoulder? He said, yes. I said, fine, I'm going to give you the worst possible case possible. Workers comp, smoker, revision rotator cuff. I stuck this thing in. I waited six months. The guy healed completely, and the, you know, and I never looked back. And so you know, that was my start with, with a bovine implant. Sure. Uh, which is, you know, fascinating that you're getting started pretty much at the same time as well. So they bring you on to soft tissue regeneration, and, and this is 2014, and you go through a couple of iterations here and there, and then 2016, the the the, the company gets renamed to to BioRes, and somewhere along the way, you go from like hired, you know, masters, in, you know, degree you know, employee to then saying, oh, I'm going to take over this thing and run it. I mean, what's going on there? Yeah, it's, that's an interesting part of the story, no doubt. Uh, soft tissue regeneration started a first in human safety study in the Netherlands in 2013. So before I even joined the company. So when I joined the company, I figured, wow, this is a great opportunity to join an early stage company. It's got a clinical study. We'll probably find out if this works or doesn't work within a very short period of time you know, ACL reconstruction outcomes between one and two years. So I knew that really the first or second year of my employment at soft tissue regeneration, we were kind of figure this out. Uh, and I, I told people that it felt like maybe a coin flip. Uh, and the way I felt about it was the coin sort of landed on its side. There were a lot of things that were working about that technology. The patient outcomes at 12 months were very good while the PLA had strength. Um, but the longer term outcomes, when you replace the ACL on its own and patients return to full sport, and this is, this, this study was done in a very young, uh, aggressive, uh, 
soccer playing male young population, Tegner nines, Tegner tens kind of thing. And uh, we had our first uh, revision, our first rupture at about maybe 13 and a half months. Don't quote me on that. And so that pumped the brakes. We were in the midst of a financing and lo and behold, no investors want to finance a company that has all of a sudden uh, a mixed clinical outcome. And uh, maybe six months later, we had a second revision and then a third revision. And so that really led to the insolvency and the winding down of soft tissue regeneration and that technology. But I had had just enough, I'd say, opportunity to cut my teeth on sports medicine. And it became apparent to me that the shortcomings that were in ACL reconstruction were also in rotator cuff, were also in Achilles. And that if you could optimize a scaffold, if you could engineer a scaffold to have load sharing at time zero, but also regenerate new tissue, you could get those things right. There probably was a big opportunity. All right. And that's so, how we that's so, how we started to you know transition. And so I started I started talking to I was laid off in uh, August of 2016. Started talking with the investors that were um, trying to figure out what to do with this intellectual property. And uh, I said, well, hey, why don't we start a new company and, and do this a little bit differently? And uh, they gave me a shot to do that. Crazy you were, enough, you were 29 at the time. I was 29 uh, at the time I got laid off, and then I turned 30 and I uh, raised $1.7 million, which in this line of work is basically nothing, uh, but it was enough to get started. And uh, I've been doing this every day since, since I turned 30. So you basically become the self-proclaimed CEO of BioRes. Talk about BioRes. Let's get the name. I, like, I love the name. Where did okay. it come from? What's the derivation? Uh, it, it's really short for bioresorbable. So right. BioRes, B-I-O-R-E-S, didn't really sound great. Uh, I wanted a name that meant something that was short, sixletter.com available and high in the alphabet. So when you go to conferences, you know, you're not buried down on the third page. Uh, that was actually one of the harder things I've ever done. I, I wouldn't be eager to name another company. Well, that's a lot of great thought process, though. I mean, there's a lot of work and energy that goes into that. I mean, if you listen to Guy Raz and all of the CEOs that started, have you been working on your Guy Raz episode, by the way, expecting a phone call? No, no, I don't think so. <laughs> you never know. He might listen. You might get a call. We didn't, we didn't quite become JetBlue or anything like that. But um... you know, yeah, it's okay, though, dude. It's a great story. I love it. So anyway, that's a, it's a very similar story for OrthoLaser for me. I mean, we changed the S to a Z. Uh, we went a little bit more than six letters, but we wanted it to be compact as well. So that's, that's a great uh, 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 concept about how you came up with the name. This episode is brought to you by National Medical Billing Services. As the largest and most experienced outsourced provider of end-to-end -end revenue cycle management services, National Medical is an award-winning company that serves hundreds of ambulatory surgery centers, surgical practices, and anesthesia groups nationwide. National Medical Surgical Revenue Cycle Specialists' deep understanding of orthopedic procedures and numerous other specialties helps alleviate staffing concerns often faced by surgical organizations in today's marketplace. National Medical's managed care contracting team negotiates new and renegotiates outdated payer rates to maximize your reimbursement, while its cutting-edge workflow technology, proprietary processes, and analytics further help drive superior financial results for your organization. As a trusted business advisor, National Medical has guided ASCs through the process of adding total joints and high-acuity orthopedic procedures 
to their portfolios. To learn more, access National Medical's Orthopedic Case Study online at nationalascbilling.com. Find out how a strategic partnership with National Medical can help triple your annual revenue and increase your patient satisfaction in the process. For more information on how National Medical optimizes coding, billing, and reimbursement practices, visit nationalascbilling.com or call National Medical at 866-319-3271. That number again is 866-319-3271. Go to nationalascbilling.com today to request a complimentary revenue cycle assessment. You know, it's a little bit of chutzpah here. You're 30 years old. Uh, you know, at this point, you got a couple degrees. You never left Connecticut in your entire life, and now you're <laughs> going to start a company. And so, and then you got to convince. So you've got all these investors that were going to invest into soft tissue regeneration, which doesn't work. But then you keep them on the horn, and you get 1.7 million dollars. I mean, that's impressive that you got. I mean, you're right. It's not a large sum of money in today's you know M and A world, or when you're first starting in the entrepreneurship. But still, 1.7 million gets you started. Um, sure. And it, it gives you an opportunity to then try and meet the right people. You then have to, you know, so, so, all right. So you got a little bit of money in the bank. How many employees do you have at, when you first start up at this point? Just you? Just me. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, you're going to need, you're going to need a scientist, right? Cause you're going to have to, you're going to have to figure this out, right? You've got the, you've got the synthetic stuff that you're going to make, but then you sure. need the biologic stuff to help things grow. So so where did you go to try and help somebody to get the science going for you? Yeah, so I was fortunate uh, to have a huge head start here because soft tissue regeneration, as it was sinking, so to speak, we had a, I was leading an effort to understand the science of why it wasn't working. And as a part of that, we brought in a lot of great people. Uh, Mark Aronson in Virginia was involved. Uh, Andy Carter was involved. Uh, Stephen Arnosky became involved. We had Bob Arciero up at UConn involved. So just a lot of a, a lot of really great people uh, involved in you know Bill Walsh down in Australia. So a great advisory consulting team trying to figure that out. Which then, uh, as soon as we had an opportunity to, to start over, it became, hey everybody, you know what do you think we should do? And that was obviously really important for me because I at least knew. I had no idea what I was doing. And so I had to find some people that knew what they were doing and get them around me as quickly as possible. Again, I mean, that's a huge feat. I mean, that is, that's one of the major you know reasons for the success of your story here. I mean, Steve Arnosky, you cannot do a, an orthobiologic material commercially unless, you know, Steve is on board and given his blessing. He's a He's a DVM, he's a vet, but he has incredible knowledge base and in, in how all of these implants work. Uh, Andy Carter, who's a, a dear friend from U University of Massachusetts Lowell, who we've known each other for a long time, has been involved in medical device forever. Bob Arciero is a, is a titan of you know orthopedics and his ability to then offer a clinical. And then the Australian connection is huge too, right? Because in order to get, the, it's much easier to get you know, initial animal studies and then your first, you know, clinical studies done in Australia because it's a much easier process than it is here in the States for the FDA. So you can leapfrog a little bit. But having all of those connections are what gets you to a place where you get off the ground. And, and yeah. And there were many more people that I, I didn't name and apologies to them. They were all really important to the, to the whole story. Um, so I had a huge, you know, a huge head start, uh, but not a lot of money. And, and so that's that's where we, we set out. 
And so, so tell the story about getting money. All right. So 1.7 million, you know, that's, that's like a drop in the bucket for something like this. I mean, where, so where did you go? And then and I want to get to, I think it's public knowledge at this point, we can talk about what you finally wound up with. I, I think it's 12 million overall investment prior to the sale of the company, but you know, how did you chip, how did you chip away? Was it friends and family? Was it, you know, angel investors, you know, tell us the process. The, the- the whole story is completely backwards. Uh, and so I don't advise anybody raise money in this way, <clears throat> but I started, I mean, real, this is how it really went. I started with uh, some venture investors that were involved with soft tissue regeneration. And so I actually started with small checks from some venture investors, uh, Connecticut Innovations, Vertical Group, um, Pritzker Block Family Office. So, so some, some known names, putting in some, some small dollars for them. Uh, to get this thing started. And then I raised a angel round and then I sort of raised friends and family. So I went venture yeah. to angel group to friends and family. Very, very odd. Right. Uh, that's but, a, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's the wrong order, but it's working so far. So that's good. But, but it worked because I still had the core kind of venture groups. And then I layered on, it wasn't like I went from them to these people. I layered in angel groups and then I layered in friends and family. Well, and you also, I mean, and you had a hundred percent of the equity when you first started, right? You were the CEO and sole employee of BioRes when you started, or was there already some equity that was sort of given out when you first started? Yeah. So, so personally, I, I didn't personally have a hundred percent of the equity. I'm willing to share that. We, when we started the company, it was with the investors that were already at the table. So, so there was sort of already a post-close known distribution of kind of who owned what, but, but again, it was, you know, relatively small. And by the way, when I say relatively small for people trying to raise money, you know, 1.7 million might sound like a lot and, and that's a great way to get started. But at that time we were thinking we were going to do a ACL tissue graft replacement, which is a PMA pathway, which is a 50 to hundred million dollar effort. So that was also part of the reason why we'll get to the pivot to BioBrace that financially there's a lot of risk with having to raise such a large amount of money to do a clinical study. And that was something we were trying to mitigate. Yeah. So that's where the PMA is pre-market approval for the FDA. So if you're going to go through a process of trying to get FDA clearance or FDA approval, you know, it's a very expensive proposition. It's a very arduous process to get through and it's incredibly costly. Uh, sure. And so, uh, you know, not as not as much in medical device necessarily as pharma per se, but still big numbers. Uh, and so, tell us about that. I mean, how did you how did you go from needing to raise a hundred million dollars to be able to go through a PMA uh, to get to the point where you go through a five ten k predicate and you come up with a different pathway for BioBrace? How did that How did that evolve? Yeah. So at this point, we now had a few other full-time employees involved, which were great. Um, Bhavana and Jeff and Justin. And uh, we had, we had reiterated, you know, re-engineered this rope, this PLA, you know, 3D braided rope. We actually implanted uh, a bunch of animals with that to show that this new version was better than the old version. And while those animals were going out six, you know, whatever, three, six months, uh, I started to hone in on, of all things, MPFL and MPFL repair, MPFL reconstruction as like, a, oh, that's interesting. You know, there really isn't a graft for that. You'd have to, you know, use an allograft maybe. Maybe we could make like a 
mini scaffold that doesn't have as high a mechanical requirement as the ACL. And if we have this ACL product, we could also have this MPFL product or an MCL product to sell for multi-ligaments, et cetera. So we started to think about a, a product pipeline and we queued up this next scaffold that didn't have to be as strong as the ACL, 2000 newtons or something at time zero. And we kind of had this on the back burner, but we started to chip away at it. And when, when we, did you, when did you start throwing yeah. in the bovine collagen? Because I think that's the game changer. When did you put yeah. in the biologics? Yeah. So we, um, boy, so about 2018. So we're kind of two years, a year and a half in, uh, we had this idea for this augmentation device, the augmentation device being intent initially designed for the MPFL or the MCL. And uh, about that time, we were running low on finances again, and we had to really pick or choose. And so we had a technical breakthrough of how to make this very open fiber scaffold, this three-dimensional fiber scaffold. And the interesting problem with such an open, if you're, if you're so highly porous, uh, your cells don't really like that. There's nothing to crawl on. It's like, so it'd be like if you and I lived in a building that had 50 foot ceilings and, you know, 50 foot long rooms, it's sort of uncomfortable. So we had this massively open structure that had strength. Uh, and we had to figure out a way to add something, basically add material back to create a temporary sacrificial scaffold that could hold cells in the early period. And it didn't take us very long to realize man, we should make that out of collagen. And, and that's, that was the inspiration for BioBrace. Yeah, I mean, so again, for our listeners, you know, it's confusing, there's a lot going on. But let's just say that there's these healing cells that are called fibroblasts, and they're the worker bees of the body. If you have an injury and they need something to be repaired, they come around and they take material and they make stuff so that, you know, you can be strong and healthy and not get eaten by saber-toothed tigers. And so that's <laughs> sort of where, where we grew up from. And so for whatever reason, our body likes cow collagen, right? And, you know, it's been used in a lot of subspecialties in medicine, uh, including myself, where I put in probably over 3,500, you know, bovine implants in, in shoulders and, and knees at this point. I walk into a field of cows and they look at me and they stare me down, uh, you know, so it's uh, it's uh, it's funny. But literally, the, the idea of the combination of the two was really the feed the tuna mayonnaise moment. And I, I say that you know, the, the moment where you're going to get strength, that this thing can support sutures and help to create healing. And then you put in this collagen, which the body likes because it can help to sort of heal the process and generates a cellular ingrowth. And then that's sort of the, the, the mecca, if you will, where it helps to create the healing. And that's where, you know, sort of BioBrace came from. And, you know, I think that, uh, you know, the timeline of things, I'm, I'm thinking to myself here too, you're 30, you're 31, you're 32. Aging I mean, quickly. Yeah. And, you know, you're, you're driving the Honda because literally, I mean, you're not making any money out of this thing. I mean, you're taking probably a base salary. I know you had a little business on the side, you had a little side hustle that you also developed too, probably to make some cash. But the thing about it is, you know, when you're an entrepreneur like this, even if you do wind up selling your company for millions of dollars down the road, there's not a lot of money, you know, to live on while it's all happening. And you have to make a hard choice. You know, do you, do you, if you have a finite amount of dollars, do you pay yourself or do you add somebody you need? So you can go twice as far with two people 
so I, I, I ran into that almost at every, that never ended. No matter how much money we had, no matter how many people we had, it was um, important to grow the team. And if I could, Scott, one other piece about that. I think with, with collagen plus, you know, fiber, <clears throat> I think it's easy to see that on the chemistry. You have these two chemistries and your body likes collagen as a chemistry. It's, it can be regenerative. But maybe if I could, the most significant thing that we did that was novel was a new type of architecture. So we didn't invent the chemistry of collagen. We didn't invent the chemistry of PLLA. Those were known materials that both have already been through the FDA. What we really figured out was how do we combine them spatially uh, into a unique architecture that has superior performance that cells also can use to regenerate new tissue. And that was, that was really the, the effort. Yeah. And so, I mean, you know, we're, 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 I could talk to you probably for another three yeah. hours and we'd have a great time here, you know, but so we're going to fast forward here a little bit, okay. you know, it's now May of 2021, you, you know, it's like two weeks after being on the ortho show. So of course you get your FDA approval at that point. And, and Dave hook, David hook calls me again. He's like, Siggy, it's time you ready for us. And, uh, you know, uh, as as I like to be for the right technology and the right people, I like to be an early adopter. And uh, I've had the pleasure of using your product now on a number of patients, including, you know, a case report, which is really fascinating. We have her out to a year at this point. We have multiple MRIs that show the amazing healing. Also a second look arthroscopic evaluation, which shows that the implant was doing what it what it said it was going to do. And And I guess my you know, I'd love you to sort of explain a little bit to our listeners. I mean, I, I know the the entrepreneurial world, and as a general rule, there's as much failure as there is success on any given day. You know, you may have two steps forward, three steps back, but then you wake up the next day and go. And just tell us a little bit about that process of, did you, did you really know that this was always going to work? Was there a sense of time when you thought you were going to run out of money and fail? You know, give us the give us the thought process about that because I know it's fascinating. Yeah, failure is certainly something that I mean, at least I had already experienced once, right? So I knew what that looked like. Um, I think that's the beauty of science is you know if you if you understand what happened, you can iterate, you can move forward. But I think this conversation between us is kind of its own unique case study, case report, uh, going from Pitch Pro through the FDA clearance, re-engaging with David Hook, calling you up. And you may not know this whole story. I don't know if I've told you this, but um, to your credit, you threw, you know, a pretty hard patient indication, you know, our way. I think it was, a, you know, sort of a type two uh, challenging repair. You brought in the bio brace. And then again, to your credit, you, you waited three months uh, until you could get a follow-up MRI before ever doing another procedure. And I think what you don't know was you texted me an MRI on my birthday, October 8th of last year. And you were like, dude, have you seen this? Why are you not replying to me? Like, <laughs> I just showed you that the implant works. Where are you? Like, and what you didn't know was I actually took the day off. So I was, I was golfing and that was like a very rare thing for me. I was like, I'm taking one day off and I'm going golfing. And unbeknownst to me, Scott Sigmund is blowing up my phone because he has the first clinical evidence that the bio brace is working. Yeah. I want to be perfectly clear. I mean, like you never know, right? I mean, you're never supposed know. To, you never, yeah, it worked at sheep and, you know, it worked at whatever, but like, does it truly do 
what it's supposed yeah. to do. And I, you know, I guess I was like a proud papa, you know, sort of watching you develop through this whole thing and then, and then actually clinically using it and then watching the outcomes. And now, you know, I can say, you know, I, I don't know how many have I done right now. It's probably upwards of 25, maybe more at this point. The clinical success and what we've seen is really impressive. And it's actually doing what <laughs> you said it would do. And that's pretty cool. We were really hoping we, we had all the reason to believe based on the foundational science, based on everything that had been done, that it should work. But to your point, you never know until you know. And just just for full disclosure, you know, we haven't yet done a level one study. You know, so we haven't done a randomized controlled trial. Uh, we're moving in that direction. But the lower level evidence certainly suggests this is working. And it's that was exciting. So obviously, when I saw your text, that was cool. Uh, that was the first MRI. I showed that to like a thousand people. Uh, so thanks for sending that. Yeah, it's my pleasure. So look, at this point right now, the, uh, for all of our listeners that don't know, uh, it was probably about three or four weeks ago. I'm not sure the exact date, but uh, uh, Bio BioRes was purchased by ConMed uh, for, again, this is public knowledge, for $85 million. Uh, and you have been demoted from the CEO of BioRes now to the, v the Vice President of Bioinductive Technologies. But what an amazing story. You know, you are now 35 years of age yes. and you've sold a company for multi-million dollars that you built from the ground up. That is really cool. Well, thank you. There's obviously an, an incredible team, you know, behind this. I just, I'm the lucky guy that gets to stand up here in front and say, you know, this is, this is my company, but you know, there are a lot of people involved in this. And so it's been very rewarding to see this come to fruition for, the employees, for the investors, for all the consultants, for all the advisors, for a lot of people that took a chance on, as you say, sort of an unknown technology. And uh, I've been very impressed with ConMed's vision for what this can be for them, for uh, their plans on integrating this into uh, their, their product portfolio. And it made sense as a partnership because we were, we were in the midst of raising a Series A we had to go out and hire a bunch of people to do a bunch of things, maybe develop a bunch of instruments. And, you know, the more we thought about it, the more we realized companies like ConMed and ConMed specifically uh, have those people, they have that infrastructure, they have those instruments. And so if we can plug this into their uh, uh, portfolio today, it enables us to scale very quickly. You know, they have almost 200 reps in the United States alone. Uh, so we're going to go from four reps to 200, uh, sort of with the flip of a switch. Yeah, there's no way to be able to accomplish something like this without having an amazing support team around you. And I've, you've given you know a bunch of shout outs for sure. And and I think that one of the things that I found you know uniquely here on the Ortho Show is we talk to entrepreneurs such as yourself. It seems that most of the large medical device and pharma companies, or at least medical device, I should say, are really not interested in the R&D of being able to develop these products from the ground up. They'd much rather have the Kevin Roccos of the world who you know, bring a team together, accomplish a goal, get to a starting point, and then be able to commercialize it from there. And I think that's a very common story. And it's a great fit for ComEd, for sure. Uh, it would have been a great, I mean, you were the prettiest girl of the dance. Uh, you had a lot of people that were very interested in, in your technology and your company. And Look, it's, it's one thing to be able to say you're going to do something, and it's another to be able to accomplish it. 
Uh, I think that, you know, I'm super proud of you, Kevin, that this is something that you've accomplished at the age of 35, which most people wouldn't even consider uh, getting off the desk to be able to try and accomplish something like this, to be able to have the courage to uh, accept failure and still move forwards and, and bring a team together to create success. So it's a great story and really super happy that you could share it with our listeners. Well, thank you so much. I hope you can edit into edit it into something coherent and uh, do that in post processing for me. Uh, but it's 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 really been it's really been fun. And uh, I, I am you know it's worth mentioning. Look, the the BioRis team are now ConMed employees. You know this isn't this isn't the end. It's not the exit. Uh, this is just a rapid scale up event. Uh, they happen to pay us uh, eighty five million dollars already. And there's another $165 million if this goes well over the next four years. So we are uh, eager you know, to commercialize this successfully. They are eager for us to do that as well. And uh, we're excited to, to get the word out about ConMed. Yeah, no, for sure. We're going to be there. We'll give a little plug to Kevin Plancher. We're all going to be at the uh, the OSEP meeting, which is at the uh, the Encore in Boston, and I'll be there. You can't miss the fro that week. I'm going to be doing a bunch of stuff for a lot of people. One of the things I'm very excited about is to be able to talk about my personal experience, professional experience with the use of the BioBrace implant with Sean McMillan, uh, with uh, Brian Bosconi, uh, just a great crew of people there and, and uh, super impressed by the comment people as well. So Look, this is a feel-good story, man. I'll tell you, I love it. I love the entrepreneurial spirit and just uh, amazing story. And I have one final question for you uh, before we go, and that is, are you still driving the Honda? I'm, I'm driving a Mazda. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. You know, that's what it's all about, you know? getting across the finish line and then it's a new start. So maybe we'll see you in a Tesla next time I see you driving down the road. But hey, Kevin, it's a real pleasure to have you on. This is what we do at the Ortho Show. We bring you really outstanding, interesting stories from the orthopedic world. This is Dr. Scott Sigmund, hashtag follow the fro, host of the Ortho Show. Until next time.